Hello, good morning everybody. Um, for anyone who hasn't met me, my name is Tom. Um, I'm part of the team here at Highgrove and it is my pleasure um, to be continuing our Christmas series called Hope Has a Name. Lara kicked us off last week uh, looking at hope for the hopeless and if you missed that, I'd really encourage you to catch up. You can find it uh, online. Um, and we'll be continuing looking at the theme of hope. But firstly, I wanted to start with a little game. So you might have heard of CCLI. You might not. It's, it's a bit of a music-y, churchy, music-y thing. It stands for the Church Copyright Licensing International. And you might see it occasionally at the bottom of sheet music. Um, but it's the, the organization that looks after the copywriting of music that we use in church. And every year, they come up with a top 100. It's like the charts, but for Christian music played in church, um, which makes it sound quite exciting. Um, but yeah, so they, they've come up with this top 100. And I want you to guess, what is the top ranked song? I know, lots of uh, oohs and ahs. Um, so I'm going to give you multiple choice, um, just in case you might not know all of them. Um, I'm going to give you three choices. I want you to guess what is the top ranked CCLI song. Um, is it 10,000 Reasons? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. That one, that's option A. Uh, is it In Christ Alone? In Christ Alone. Um, or um, is it This is Amazing Grace? This is Amazing Grace. So those are your three options. We've got 10,000 Reasons, In Christ Alone, and This is Amazing Grace. So we're going to do a show of hands. So if you think 10,000 Reasons is the highest ranked song, it's maybe a third of you, okay. Uh, in Christ Alone, it is a classic. Yeah, maybe more for In Christ Alone. And This is Amazing Grace. Oh, <laughs> Matt is, is so no. Um, the answer is 10,000 reasons. Well done, everyone who guessed that. I would have gone for In Christ Alone. It's very classic, but yeah, 10,000 reasons. Uh, the second is Goodness of God, and then In Christ Alone. Um, this is Amazing Grace. Matt, you're right. It's all the way down in eighth. Whew, I know. Uh, <laughs> so why am I talking about this? Well, there is a very popular song that is recited around the world every day. And we've actually heard it already. It is the Magnificat. It's Mary's song, um, the reading that, we, uh, that Don read to us earlier. Now, the context of that is that Mary has been visited by the angel, as they've told her, uh, sorry, the angel, that she's going to give birth to a son, uh, the son of God, in fact. And so she heads off to her, uh, um, her relative, Elizabeth. Um, um, Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. Um, and Elizabeth, when she hears Mary coming in, exclaims about how blessed Mary is to be carrying the saviour of the world. And that's where we pick up the story. So this is Luke chapter 1, 46 to 55. We'll read a little bit more than we did uh, with Don. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. 
He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Now that is known as the Magnificat, and Magnificat is the Latin word for magnifies or glorifies, as we had in our translation. It's kind of the first little phrase. Um, And I just love the sense of worship that Mary has in this. There's a real recognition of God's grace and love and mercy towards her. This unassuming girl. She magnifies and glorifies him, puts him in the rightful place in her life. And no wonder it is used all around the world as a prayer by Christians to worship God. And she starts by focusing on what God's done for her and then looks at the wider context of what God has done um, in the world. And she speaks of God's justice, you know, lifting up the, hung, the humble, feeding the hungry while the rich and powerful are brought down. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I struggle reading this. I get to verse 50. If we could just um, get that, the first section up again, please, Paul. Um, you know, God has done great things. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. I am nodding along. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. And then if we get to the next part, he's performed mighty deeds. Yes, he's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. I don't know about you, but I look around the world and I see a lot of proud people who are doing really quite well for themselves. I look at a different translation. Uh, the, the NLT says he scattered the proud and the haughty. And, I'm, you know, there's still a lot of proudy, haut- proud and haughty people around. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. I see a lot of rulers who are reigning for much longer than they should do. What's going on there? He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. And that's where it really grates for me. Um, In fact, on the BBC this morning, there was an article, the gap between the haves and haves nots has widened. Food is scarce in so many countries, and there's so much food waste. You know, there's enough food waste in the world to feed two billion people. So I read that, and I'm just like, what is Mary talking about? I struggle to put together the idea of what Mary is saying and the reality that I see in our world. There's just so much injustice, both at you know, an individual level in our own lives, but also at a global level. But it's not a new thing, and I'm not the only person who has questioned this. In fact, there is a rich history in the Bible of people questioning God's justice against the injustice that we see in the world. We've got Jeremiah, who asks, why does the way of the wicked prosper? Habakkuk complains that justice never prevails. Asaph wrestles with how the the wicked prosper. And the writer of Ecclesiastes says that they've witnessed the righteous perishing in their righteousness, but the wicked living long in their wickedness. And even Jesus tells a parable where he says about this rich man who has an easy life 
filled with pleasures, and outside his gate is Lazarus, this righteous man who is poor, who has sores, and is living in poverty. So this kind of tension isn't just something that I see and I struggle with, but there is a long history of people knowing that God is love, that God is um, just, that he is good and powerful, and yet looking at a broken world and trying to square the two together. So what can Mary teach us in this? Well, the reality is that Mary was not living in some utopia. She wasn't living in a wonderful world. She was living in a backwater. She was a poor girl in a, in a backwater in an occupied country. They had to pay taxes to the Romans. They had Roman soldiers walking around. Life was not great for her. So what was she seeing? What was her perspective that made her sing the Magnificat? Well, I think that Mary had a God-sized perspective. She wasn't just focusing on the here and now, on the things that were uh, around her, because that would have been so easy to be overwhelmed, to just look at the problems and just, yeah, be overwhelmed by them, to feel like God isn't in control. Where is God? To feel like injustice is winning. But she saw wider than that. What, sorry, what Mary saw was the past, the present, and the future of God at work. So the past, the Jewish people had a rich history of God stepping in and saving the day. So in verse uh, 51, where she says, He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. Maybe her mind was going back to, um, to Israel being released from Egypt. The plagues, the mighty acts of God to free his people. The parting of the Red Sea. All of the, the miracles, the fire and the cloud. When she said that he's brought down rulers from their throne, but has lifted up the humble. Maybe she was thinking of Pharaoh. Maybe she was thinking of the Philistines and all of those, um, those people who lived around them and oppressed them when they moved into the, the promised land. Maybe she was remembering Babylon and Persia, these empires who sent Israel into exile, but God brought them down. He's filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Well, maybe there she was thinking of Hagar and Ishmael in the desert. Maybe she was thinking of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness and God providing food for them. Or maybe she was thinking of the widow that God sent Elijah to feed. We have such a history in those scriptures of God helping, God stepping in. And Mary, Mary was remembering those. Here at Highgrove, we sing um, one of my favorite uh, songs that has actions, I think, called All Through History. Hopefully you know it. Um, and it goes through various biblical characters um, and reminds us that all through history, God has been faithful to his people. And the chorus ends, oh, thank you, oh, thank you that you are just the same when it comes to me. 
sometimes the events around the world can seem like they're the first time they've ever happened. Sometimes it can feel like it's the worst world, the most broken that it's at. And maybe it feels like God isn't doing anything. But if we take a step back, if we zoom back, we see that God is faithful, that God always comes through. Things have been bad before, but God has stepped in. Justice has been brought to bear, even if the timing isn't what we'd naturally want. So Mary shows us that we can have hope by seeing that God is faithful in the past. But she also sees that God isn't just a God of the past, but God is a God of the present. You know, she was in a suffering world. She was part of the broken world. Yet amongst those hardships, she was able to have hope. And what gave her that hope? Well, I think that she could see what God was doing through her and literally in her with Jesus. In verse 48, why does she glorify God? Well, she glorifies God, if we could just go back to that, because he has remembered the humble state of his servant. Um, Yeah, in verse 48. Um, In the NLT, it says that he took notice of this lowly servant girl. Despite what was going on around her, she was able to see that God was at work. Now, I'm going to be honest. It is not always easy if you are in the middle of something difficult or if you're looking at unfair situations. That isn't necessarily something that helps to know that God is at work. It doesn't give you answers. It doesn't even necessarily take away the pain or the longing. Maybe it's an injustice of struggling to to get a pay rise to keep up with the bills. Maybe it's something that you're fighting against, but the system just doesn't let justice happen. Maybe it's racial injustice or the climate crisis. Hearing that God, God is at work, does it help? To verses like Romans twenty-eight, which, uh, Romans eight twenty-eight, which says, "We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, and been called according to His purpose." They help us. I think it's a bit of yes and no, to be honest. Um, it's the kind of thing that if we are to be told it, it needs to be told gently, because it's not just a, a simple answer to a simple problem. It doesn't offer any answers. But if you're in the middle of a situation of injustice, of suffering, of unfairness, sometimes you can be so focused in on the situation that you miss the wider perspective. Looking up in the middle of our suffering can help, us remind, uh, can help to remind us that God is still in the business of saving, of renewing, of restoring So when we look around at injustice, do we see God at work? Are we looking and listening and waiting to see what God might be saying? Um, I've got a recommendation of a podcast. It's called Inspired. Uh, It's it's by Simon Gilbo. And he interviews people who have inspiring testimonies. And we've heard over the last few months really exciting stories from people in our own church family of how God is working through his people. But maybe God is doing more than that. He's calling us to be part of the solution. 
this Christmas, why don't we strive to be people who are open to being used by God to fight for justice? Let's be thinking about what we buy. Are we just getting cheap tat that will be thrown away? Are we buying something that is ethically made, that is thinking about the environment? And let's think about more than just our family and our friends. Let's lift our gaze up and look at our neighbors, maybe people that we know that are having a difficult time, people for whom Christmas is a tough moment. Maybe just sending them a message to, to say that you're thinking of them. Or you might want to donate to charity appeals. Um, I know there are a lot of them at Christmas, and Christmas can be a really difficult time for money as well, so um, you know, I, I'm not forcing you to do anything. Uh, but have a think about it. Or one nice thing that, that I like is um, Ripple Effect. It used to be called Send a Cow. But you can give somebody a gift, um, but actually the recipient of the gift is someone in a different country. So you might give them a tap, and it goes to someone who needs access to clean water. You might give them a chicken or a goat, and it's not them who receive them because they might not want them, uh, but somebody who needs them for food security will get them. So Mary was part of God's solution, and we can be part of God's solution to injustice. When we look up from the injustice that we see around us, it can help us to see that God is still at work and he might be asking us to be a part of it. And then finally, so she's looked at the past, she looks at the present. Mary also had a view of the future hope. She has been given promises about Jesus. He would inherit the throne of David forever and ever. Was that going to happen on day one? No, he was a baby. He couldn't talk. He couldn't look after himself. He was a baby. What Mary saw was that Jesus would grow into this future king. It was a promise that would come to, come to pass in the future. You know, the Jewish people were waiting for this king, and Mary knew that her little baby boy would be that king. And we have a hope for the future as well. As Christians, we have the book of the Bible called Revelation, which gives us a wonderful picture of the future. There's a lot of difficult stuff to read in it, so if you do it, beware. It's not easy reading. Um, but you get to the end in Revelation 21. It speaks about the end where God has made all things new, new heavens, new earth. God wipes away the tears from our eyes. Justice will be done. And something that we don't often talk about and we don't have time to go too much into, um, but I wanted to mention it, is judgment. We don't talk about judgment much uh, as a church or you know, in our country, to be honest. We focus on the glorious uh, kingdom of God. We focus on the healing. We focus on the feast and everything being made new. But before that end, there has to come judgment. Justice needs judgment. If you've ever been in a situation where, I don't know, you've had to go to court or something has been taken away from you and you have to fight, you need someone to, as a judge, as, as someone who decides what the right thing is. We can't get to that just endpoint without the judgment. And maybe we don't talk about it because we live in a society that is fairly just. Things are 
all right. They're not too bad. We have, in general, enough food. Uh, we have electricity, running water. Do we feel like we need judgment? But the people who are yearning for justice, who are yearning and longing for food, for their human rights, they long for justice. They long for this judgment to happen so that people are held to account. And this is difficult because I know that I'm partly to blame. As someone in the West, in a, in a rich country, I've benefited from cheap clothes and cheap labor, from food that is so inexpensive because the people who are farming it haven't been paid a proper wage. And that's where I just know that I need the blood of Jesus to make me clean. So that when it comes to the judgment day, I know that Jesus has taken that punishment. And as a result of that freedom, I can be living out, trying to, to buy fair trade, trying to do my best to, uh, to respect those who are providing food, clothes, all of those sorts of things. At the end days, all things will be made right with God, with our planet, and with each other. There is hope, and because of Jesus, we know that we can be part of that. We've got a future assurance that things will be made right. So Mary's song has such a perspective of the past, the present, and the future. So if you've, if you've tuned out, I've just got a little one-liner to remind you of, of what, what I've been talking about, and then we'll pray. So there is hope for the hurting world, because God has been faithful in the past. God is working in and through us, his people, right now. And God will make all things right in the end. So let's be used by God this Christmas to bring hope to this hurting world. I'm going to invite uh, the band up. And if you'd like to stand with me, we'll pray and then go into time of worship. Father God, I thank you that you are big enough to cope with our questions. Lord, I thank you that you are a good, just, loving God. Lord, I thank you that in the past you've been faithful to us and to your people. Lord, I thank you that you are at work in and through us, and I pray that we would be listening to what you have to say to us this Christmas. And Lord, I thank you that you have a future hope for us, a hope of eternal life, of all things being made right and new. Lord, help us to bring hope to our hurting world. Amen. <laughs>